to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city, we are locking the statements. Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back, Joe. I'm laughing because I saw you in the corner of my eye singing to this song, by the way. I lost to, to this day. <laughs> I still love that song. <laughs> I, love I, it. I think we need to update it. We, we definitely need an upgrade, but that is a legendary song. Keys to the city. Auto Mars. Love it. Love it. Can't, can't thank him enough for that song. It is a major hit. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Keys to the city. Clovercrest media presents keys to the city. I'm a little excited because, well, if anybody wants to know, yeah, you I don't know what week it is. I'm just going to give you a little hint. It's Super Bowl week, ladies and gentlemen. We are here in the most – well, let's be honest, guys. This I was thinking about this being a true or false question. Maybe the most unexpected Super Bowl in the history of the NFL, the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the L.A. Rams. Trust me, who would have thought they would have seen the Cincinnati Bengals on Super Bowl Sunday this year? Not many people. I know us three didn't have it. It wasn't happening. We all picked the Chiefs, by the way. So none of us even had the Bengals winning in conference champion in the AFC title game. So I don't want to hear nothing. But, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for Super Bowl week. We have a great slate of shows for you, I guess. I'm saying shows because we got multiple shows this week. We're starting with today with a little different. We're going in a little different direction. We're going to go true or false today. But Super Bowl 56 edition. And then we'll be back later in the week with a special guest. Joe, I'm gonna add you. Ethan, you have to take this away because I do not want to but I do not want to butcher his name. I will let the, the man with the brains. Say his it. podcast is called The Greek's Gridiron, and his Check name it out. Yes. Yes. is Ethan Haristadulu. So we are trying to get Ethan on from Ethan, so Ethan H. Ethan H, yeah. But I don't want to. That's a that's a tough that's a tough name. That's a tough name, and I don't want to butcher it. So I let the smart man of the three of us say his name. But he will be back. He'll be joining us later in the week discussing Super Bowl Fifty Six key matchups, X factors, and then we'll make our predictions, MVPs. Will we have? We're going to have a new Super Bowl champion. Will it be the Bengals or will it be the LA Rams? We'll talk all that about that later in the week, but this week we're doing something different, like I said. We're going to be talking true or false Super Bowl 56. We got a couple of questions. Each of us came up with a question for this game, and we're going to get into it right away. So, Ted, I'm going to let you take it away because this is your question that you came up with, and it's an interesting question, so take it away, my man. All right, so I'll give the meaning behind this question first, and then I get to the question. So the meaning I had in this question is you're looking at two different teams that are here for two different reasons. The Bengals have done this through the draft. They have drafted actually surprisingly really well the past three or four seasons. They hit on the quarterback, which we have gone over week after week after week about getting the quarterback for the future. Joe Burrow is everything you could ever ask for in a number one pick. They hit on Joe Mixon, who a lot of people had coming out of Oklahoma as a first-round pick fell to the later rounds because of certain situations that don't involve football. But, hey, it actually has turned out when he's not been a problem child. And then something that we have highly discussed last year when we talked about the NFL draft was who should the Bengals take at the number five position? Should it be the receiver and teammate, Jamar Chase, or should it be one of the tackles out of Northwestern or Oregon, Penny Sewell or Rashawn Slater? And they went with the receiver. 
So I look at that and go, well, that's kind of an all-in approach. That's a guy that can make plays happen. Then you look at the Rams. They are the definition of all-in approach. They're the closest thing that I could think of as the Yankees or what the Yankees used to be when they were winning games. Mm-hmm. We're just going to get what we need now, and we'll worry about all the other crap later. So the question to you guys is, if you're on a team on the verge of winning the Super Bowl, do you rely on the old-school method of, Build within, develop players, and hope you get to the Super Bowl, and or the Rams approach where you risk everything and say worry about tomorrow when tomorrow happens, worry about today now as the Rams have with the moves of Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, Odell Beckham, Matthew Stafford, and anyone else that you want to add to the L.A. Rams. Take it away, Joe. Yeah, so I've actually taken that approach in my uh, fantasy leagues. <laughs> Explain. And I'll and I'll tell you why. Because so many people stockpile draft picks and then they draft garbage. And so what was the point? Mm-hmm. I would much rather have the proven commodity of a guy who's already accomplishing things in the NFL than take a chance on, you know, that guy from Oregon. Supposed to be really good. You know, but his arms are short, so he might suck. I don't know yet. So, yeah, I mean, to me, listen – you know, what were the Rams going to draft with, with those draft picks? Right? I mean, who knows is my point. The The potential would have been there, but you, you go out there and you get a Jalen Ramsey. You go out there and get a Matthew Stafford. You could have drafted a corner. You could have gone out and drafted a quarterback and developed him. Mm-hmm. I guess you did that with Jared Goff, and that just got you so far. Or, again, you ch- you cash in the chips, and you're like, hey, here we go. What do you got? I think that's I think it's a great approach. If you listen, if you've got and and that's the thing about the Rams is you look at guys on this team, and I know some of these guys are newer, but you're talking about some of the greatest players of this generation, like Aaron Donald and Von Miller and Odell Beckham and Matthew Stafford. So Jalen Ramsey, you've already got some of the premier guys in the NFL. You know what I mean? Like you're you're talking about like a, a, a this is an historic team. This is a team that we'll talk about in the future because there, there's even if well a, a, definitely if they win, they've still got a window here where if it doesn't happen this year, I think that they a hundred percent go back next year and win the NFC again. I think they're I think they're still by far the best team. They'll get a full year out of Cam Akers too. I can't imagine them in, in, improving much on the regular season they had, but they probably will. This was one of the teams, though, Trev, I wanted to, and I know I did not predict it because we had predicted, I believe you and me both had the Chiefs in the box. But this was the team that if if I had any cojones, this was the team I would have said would have gotten to the Super Bowl in the NFC because of what I thought about Matthew Stafford and what I thought about this team. Now, I didn't know Von Miller Beckham. I thought they was going to be the team that they currently had. But – I. They are special, and it and it's a credit to – here's the thing. I'll let you answer. It's a credit to the coaching staff and Sean McVay and also the GM, all right? You can't just go all in approach and grab anyone. It's got to fit your system, and it's got to work. And I think what the Rams have done has really kind of changed the way the game is played a little bit, similar to what the Bucs did last year. But go ahead, Trevor. So I'm going to answer this question because usually when we hear the all-in approach, we see it in the NBA a lot. We don't usually see it in the NFL, but we've seen it the past couple of years with Tampa Bay going all-in, getting Tom Brady. That worked out for them. 
Now the Rams going in, they've been going all in for the past couple of years now. This has been kind of been a built, a slow build to where they finally ultimately got to, which is Super Bowl 56. They got this quarterback. My thing is, it works for a team. The all-in approach works for a team like the Rams or Bucks, where you're on the cusp. You have the talent from top to bottom, roster-wise. You have the coaching staff. You have the organization standpoint as well. With the all-in approach, it works for teams like this. It wouldn't work for a team like the Giants, a team that's rebuilding and a team that's on – Kind of more at the bottom of the food chain in the NFL. This well, that no, wouldn't I, work. That was the team. point of the question too, though. I know, no, well, I know. Understand the team. Hold on. And so, as I'm trying to say, is like a team like the Giants or a team like um, I'll give you I'll give you a good example. The Philadelphia Eagles. They're a team that just made the playoffs. They may be a couple pieces away. They may be a quarterback away from possibly being in the Super Bowl next year. Being a team that could be the NFC favorite because that's how close they are and that's how also wide open the nfc could be with the subtractions of tom brady still to we don't know if he's going to come back and if aaron Rodgers ends up retiring or he goes to the afc but i'm gonna say false i would still base my thing off of the draft process because you look at a team it works for teams like this the all-in approach works for a team like the rams and bucks where you got the talent but a team more from in a rebuild like the Bengals were two years ago or a couple years ago. We're, we're talking about a team coming into this year. This, this is one of the greatest turnarounds from a quarterback standpoint and a franchise standpoint in a matter of a year. I'll go two years because realistically Joe Burrow got injured last year and they they were getting there. They were getting to that point. But you think about it. This team, Zach Taylor, we were all talking about Zach Taylor being out of a job at some point this year because he was 625 and one coming into the year. So this was a team that we never expected to come out. We were talking about the other Ohio team that was going to be coming out and possibly representing the AFC. So I'm going to stand for on the standpoint, Ted, of false on this question because it works for a team like the Rams or Bucks. It I works for teams like in the NBA where you're on that cusp. But it wouldn't work for a team like the Bengals because you're not there yet. You have to – the Bengals, you got to think about a couple of years ago. They didn't have a quarterback. Andy Dalton, we knew, was their guy for some time. But we knew that they were moving on from him. They needed to rebuild with the coaching staff too. They moved on from Marvin Lewis finally because it was long overdue. Andy Dalton, same mission, same, same um, mission with that. Receivers, they built the draft. Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd. T. Higgins, these guys were all not first-round picks. First-round talents, but they were all in later rounds. They added their offensive line. They still need to add more pieces. Drafting Jesse Bates. And I, they did make some additions like a Trey Hendrickson, where DJ Reader, who have panned out B.J. Hill. They made trades that have worked out for this team. Logan Wilson's another great example who I loved coming out of the draft process. I was hoping the Giants could get a guy like him. He is fit. So for a team like Cincinnati – the all-in approach doesn't work for teams that are at that standpoint where Cincinnati once was, it doesn't work. But teams like the Bucks and Rams, the all-in approach does work. So I'm going to say false, guys, on this question. The draft process still works and is still the winning formula to winning a Super Bowl.
Well, listen, that's not to say that this team hasn't drafted well because they have. And yeah. again, you know, you look at the 2018 team, ran it back in 2019. They missed the postseason. Mm-hmm. And and I think, it, you know, I think it was then when, when Sean McVay knew he needed to upgrade, gave it another run, an, an admirable run last year. But since 2018, I know he feels like he has the 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 tools necessary to win a Super Bowl. And again, Cam Akers was such a nice piece to add last year. You didn't have him for most of this season. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: you got to you realize. Know? You're- so, I mean, again, right when when you have the pieces, to me, it look it just makes sense that you go out and it's like, hey, you look at that 2018, and Donovan Sue was on that team. Uh, that that whole roster was loaded with talent. Um, so again, you're on, you're, you're on the door. You know, when we talk about this window for the Rams, I mean, people sometimes forget that. I mean, we're not talking about the last two years. This is, this has been an ongoing process, right? For four years, the window's going to close in probably two. Ted, let me say this. So let me say this, Ted. And I'm glad you brought that up too, Joe, because you were right. When they went to the Super Bowl a couple years ago against the Patriots, that team was talented from top to bottom. That was a talented team. They drafted right, but I don't think they really – I mean, the all-in approach, I think they just got greedy. I mean, they really only needed – with the talent that they had, they really only needed a quarterback from that standpoint because I know they lost players through free agency. I get that. It happens all the time to teams. So they did lose pieces. But it wasn't like you needed to get go major upgrades. You didn't need to go get Von Miller. You didn't need to go get Odell Beckham Jr. You really needed a quarterback. That was the main missing piece for this L.A. Rams team, Ted. Well, see, here's the thing, and I don't know if this is a true and false question, but here's the thing: you got to look at this question in, in a, a wide, in a, in, a, in, a gray, in a gray area, in a wide perspective, in an open kind of globe. We understand that certain teams like the Giants and Jags and those, they're going to build through the draft. They got to get pieces, right? But here's a perfect example. It just popped in my head while you guys were talking. The 49ers is a perfect example to me. You have a team right now, and you've had a team since that 2017, 18, 18, 18, at least I'll say the last four years that I can think of in my head. Where you've had a lot of really good pieces, right? Your defense has been dominant. Jimmy G took it to the Super Bowl. All right, kind of similar to a Jerry Goff style thing, right? Run the football. But what you do? You went for a young quarterback. What if the 49ers said, hey, we're going to give three first rounds and two, and we're going to get Aaron Rodgers or we're going to go get Russ? You know, I know you can't get Russell Wilson, you know, but if you go get someone like Tom Brady, you go in with that all approach. Because here's the thing if the Rams win this Super Bowl, you're going to have two teams in the past two seasons that have won with the all in approach. And, and winning at their home stadium. And both teams had a lot of good pieces. All they needed was a quarterback or a couple other pieces. The Rams, if they win, I think if you're a team like the 49ers, hey, okay, you're going to get rid of Jimmy G, Trey Lance. You're not winning the Super Bowl next year. And you're going to waste guys like Eric Armstead and Nick Boza and Debo Samuels and Fred Warner's careers because those guys' careers are short-lived. I think the Rams look at, hey, Aaron Donald's great. right? He's not going to be great for so forever. All right. And you got Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, and you got to pay guys, and you got a four or five year window where you got to win as many Super Bowls as you can. This has to be an all in approach. We have to win now. And if we fail, whatever. But at least we know we gave it our sh- gave it all our shot. 49ers, the Packers. You decided to draft a quarterback for the future instead of 
going to get another tier, top tier receiver to combine him with Devontae Adams or go get another piece. Teams that are, have superstars, quarterbacks, and you're right there, go for it. Because you don't know, similar to the Dan Marino effect, you don't know if you're ever going to be there again. So if you have a chance to go win one Super Bowl, it changes the, your entire perspective of an NFL player, a team, a franchise forever, and it could set you for the future. You won't have to worry about the future because winning the Super Bowl can change your whole perspective. People don't want to go to Cincinnati. Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals win the Super Bowl. Your perspective of Cincinnati and Joe Burrow goes, oh, man. I want to go play with that guy, and that changes that changes the game. Well, you, Jeff, you made a good point on your thing. Philadelphia Eagles. We thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the division, maybe in the league. They surprised a lot of teams. You got three first-round picks. I talked to your roommate, Jack Zulo, and he's like, ah, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts, good season, 850 yards. I go, that's not going to win you a Super Bowl. I don't want my quarterback running for 850 yards. I sent you the That's NFL poll stage. There was they showed the top ten teams in rushing and passing. Nine of the ten teams that led the league in passing were all made the playoffs. All made the playoffs. Not all the rushing teams made the playoffs. You got to be able to throw the ball and stretch the field. All right. I want okay. You have to be able to score points in the game. The name of the game is scoring points, and you know how you do that really easily. Big plays in the passing game. Jared, Glo- Jared Goff's a nice quarterback. Jalen Hurts is a nice quarterback. He's going to win you a lot of regular season games. He's not going to win you a Super Bowl. My, Go my, get Russell Wilson for two first-round picks, and now you put yourself with still one other first-round pick and other pieces. You set yourself up for the future to win the division next year because I don't trust Dallas. And considering, Joe, what you said, the NFC being very sparse next year with talent, with a lot of the offensive stars being in the AFC, a very open team to be in the NFC Championship game right now because you got the experience of being in the Super Bowl this year. Now you build off of that. And that's something as an Eagle fan, you should be like, you know what? I I have that taste from that previous Super Bowl. It's still there. It's at the tip of my tongue. I want it again. Let me make one more final point about your all-in approach and why I wouldn't want to do the all-in approach. Because you even said it, Ted. You don't win a Super Bowl? You're screwed in a way because not necessarily. Listen, listen, just listen. listen. As I was going to say, if you don't win, in the sense of the Rams case, it looks more likely that they'll be one of the finalists to get to a Super Bowl next year from the NFC because the NFC is we don't know what the NFC is going to be like, plain and simple. We don't know what's going to look like offensively, quarterback wise. It could be wide open, but if you don't win. You got to think about contracts, and this is a team that's in salary cap issues right now. That's another thing that they got to take in consideration. You might lose Beckham because he might have a big payday because he's he's performed since going to LA. You don't know, but you might lose players like that in the sense that you have to win. And if you don't, well, then you're going back to square one. For the Rams' case, you can't even go back to square one because of the sense. You don't have no more draft picks until 2025. First round draft picks, I should specifically say, until 2025. So they have to win now. But Jeff, there's no question. There's a conversation. Would you rather draft a guy that you don't know how he's going to pan out, or go get a guy like Jalen Ramsey, who I there was an article. I get no, I get that. That you want you want the known commodity. Yeah, but here's the thing. If I'm a team like the Rams, where Joe said, I just made the Super Bowl and I know I'm good enough to win a Super Bowl. Don't give me draft picks. I don't want a guy from Oregon or Michigan or Texas because it takes time to – no rookie guy is going to come in and set – unless it's right, a receiver, is going to set the set the team off. You want you want a guy that I – Joe, 
Trevor, it's like this. I know what Trevor Keys can do. He can come in and do this immediately. I don't have to teach him how to get into an offense. I state. don't know what Ted Keys but, can do. But, but, right? but, 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 we talked about this in youth football. The team, think about this. Dad's always said kids who try to start playing football in high school, there's nothing wrong with that. I get it. You're trying to protect them. You're just behind. The development of a youth player. Think about it that way. They have to go back to the basics and teach them things because the game of football is tough. And especially at that level, the little intricate things that you have to learn between, they talk about the quarterback development from the first year to second year, right? To know, hey, listen, Jalen Ramsey, shut down corner. I know what he brings. He's dominant day one. He walks in and sets the tone. I don't have to worry about, well, maybe the guy I drafted in the first round will be good enough or he'll be good by week 12. No, I want him good now. But that only works for the team that actually is on the cusp of winning the Super Bowl. It's not for the Giants, not for the Jags. It's not for those teams. It's a team like the Green Bay Packers, maybe the Philadelphia Eagles, maybe the 49ers. Right. And and you know what, Trev? And something else you said, maybe the Colts and Titans. Stop playing around with these bum quarterbacks and go get a guy like Aaron Rodgers or right, Russell Wilson and become a Super Bowl uh, candidate. Let me get to speaking of that. We're going to get into our next question in this sense. And this is my question for the day. And it's a great question that we could branch off of what we just discussed because this is the major move of the offseason last year. And it's ultimately been a success so far. But my question is to you, fellas. With the win, and we've been talking about this guy since September. Joe and Ted had a big bat. Joe Joe was not was not ready to commit to Matthew Stafford. Ted was all in on Matthew Stafford. It's been working out so far for the LA Rams, but will it be happening come Sunday night? With the win, gentlemen, I'm going to start with Joe on this part question. With the win, Joe, does Matthew Stafford become a Hall of Famer? Well. I think, yeah, you know, you look at the combination of two of the great seasons of all time, you know, and, and you put a Super Bowl on it, it, it'd be really hard not to. But then you look at the whole body of work, and he's got less Super Bowls than Eli Manning. Mm -hmm. He will probably, I would assume, eventually pass all of Eli's career marks, but by how much, really, think about it. Mm -hmm. Well, I got the records, start. you know, you look at that record he had while he was in Detroit, a couple of good years in there, mostly bad years. I mean, he's might Joe, very well end up with a losing record. Joe, he's 86 and 95 and one in his career with 49,995 yards passing, 323 touchdowns, 161 interceptions. Now, his touchdown interception ratio was much better than Eli Manning's. His yards are not complete yet, but. Like you said, Joe, you got to win football games. And in the NFL, as a starting quarterback, we we look at quarterbacks in two uh, retrospects, Super Bowl wins and game wins. And right now he has – well, he has wins in the real games, but he has, Eli's 117 and 117. So he's right at – he's what's he's at the Mendoza line. He's, <laughs> so, yeah. he's right there. He's the ultimate 500 quarterback. His ultimate 500 quarterback. Well, again, a 500 quarterback with a couple Super Bowl rings, eh, that changes your perspective. Yes. You could overlook the time in Detroit if this guy wins a Super Bowl. Maybe he wins another one next year, too. That that could definitely cement the legacy for him, but he, I think he's still got some work to do. But to me, this is a, a winning is, is the first step towards being able to – he's not a first ballot guy. Mm -mm. I know that, but – 
yeah, I, I, I do think uh, by by winning a Super Bowl, maybe another 13 and or 14 and three kind of season next year, something like that, mm-hmm. uh, just to kind of balance that record out. I think I think those things will go a long way. He's right. also he's also interesting in that. I mean, he has only played in this era of the NFL. Mm-hmm. One of the first guys that that's you could say spent the majority of his career in this this new NFL where it is throwing for. I mean, you you look at some of these guys and they're all in the top ten. Guys from the 2000 draft class and beyond, that's your top 10 all-time yardage and touchdowns because it's a different game. And yeah. so Matthew Stafford's whole career has been in this era, and he definitely ranks with, with the guys of the era. So, again, it, it's going to come down to whether he can win a Super Bowl and, and get that record at, at least a 500. Ted? So with the win, does Matthew Stafford? Well, Joe, you said false. I'm, I'm getting from what I'm getting. It's a false. If he wins, he has. No, he, needs more, he, needs, he needs more consistency. Is what you're saying? He needs to get to get it to be a Hall of Famer. He needs more consistency. I think he's got to win a Super Bowl to even be considered, and there'd yeah. still be a little bit more All work right. to do. But it's right. it's it is it is very feasible at this point. So I would say the statement as it's written is false. But if you ask me this next year, I would say it's true. So he, here's the question. And because I was, I actually came up with the same question. Then you, you and me, Trevor, laugh. We go, oh, you go, that's my question. I said, all right, cool, take it. Is he a Hall of Famer with the win? The answer is not yet. It's a false at this present time. Because first of all, you got to compare him to his colleagues. You got to look at the guys that he's played against, right? Let's compare him in the last 12 years since he's been drafted number one out of Georgia in 2009. All right. He's never been a pro. He's never been uh, ever recognized as one of the three or five best quarterbacks in the league. Never. He's had the talent. There's a difference between talent and looked at, right? Played for one of the worst organizations. Though he is going to be the quarterback of the two greatest receiver seasons of all time in Calvin Johnson and Cooper Cup. So it does have uh, somewhat to say. So let's compare him to some of the quarterbacks of guys of his generation that we consider great. Aaron Rodgers, won Super Bowl. Russell Wilson, won Super Bowl. Can never talk about Tom Brady because he's in a league of his own. Um, Drew Brees, won Super Brees, won Super Bowl. Here's the thing. Eventually he might be in there. What he does by winning a Super Bowl is he puts himself in the conversation. That's what he does. He becomes one of those guys like Eli Manning. You know what I mean? He becomes one of those Philip Rivers. Because here's what Matthew Stafford could be if he never wins a Super Bowl. Philip Rivers. That's exactly who he could Jim be. Jim Kelly, Marino. A, a gen- no, no, see, I, I'm not talking about Jim Kelly. That's 40 years ago, right? And I know when I said 40. I'm talking about now. Let's compare him to this generation. Because league is different. It wasn't yeah, 40 years ago. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, Joe, it's not that one. It's almost 30, Joe. We're getting there, yeah. Yo, we're getting old. Joe doesn't want to hear that. Joe's, Joe, Joe, Joe hears that. He's like, oh, boy, I'm getting old now. I remember it like it was yesterday is the problem. When I think of Jim Kelly, I think of like 30-year-old Jim Kelly, not 62-year-old Jim Kelly. Okay, so he's in rough Joe, shape. That's 30 years yeah. ago, buddy. That's 32 years ago when he lost it to Al Boys in 99-2. With that being said, let's compare him to a guy who has Phil Rivers, right? You want to talk about those three quarterbacks, Big Ben, 
you why the rivers seems like when you ask most people big ben's the automatic right and then Eli is kind of a little bit over the 50%. He's got the two Super Bowls. And then Rivers is right there. He's got all the stats, but he doesn't have any Super Bowls. He's never even been to a Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford could fall on that line. And if he doesn't win a Super Bowl, he won't be a Hall of Famer. He might put up, he might be top five in all stats, but he won't be in the Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford could also be the Dan Marino. Guy with all those stats and no Super Bowls ranks. If he wins, becomes a Hall of Famer. The question is, if he wins Sunday, is he a Hall of Famer? I say no. It's false. But he becomes the discussion because I think when you look at a player's career, you have to look at the final career. So what he has to do now is he has to continue what I thought he would be coming into the Rams is a successful quarterback with a winning record. Like Joe said, let's win this one. Let's continue to put up great numbers. Let's continue to win 10, 11, 12, 13 games for the L.A. Rams. And then when we look at his career maybe in four or five seasons going, well, he's got a record. He's got close to 400 touchdowns. He's got close to 65, 70,000 yards passing. And he's got a Super Bowl ring. He's a Hall of Famer in today's football. Okay. What you have to do is, this is the question that we said with Eli. How does he rank among his peers? That's I'll what give you one better. I'll give you, you have, name better. You can't compare. You can't compare Troy uh, Troy Aikman and Matthew Stafford because the game is completely different. I'll I know you said one. Jim Kelly. You have to compare it to today's generation. Is Matthew Stafford one of the best quarterbacks of his generation? I'll give you That's a better. That's what it comes down to to be a Hall of Famer. Did he dominate? His, did he dominate his competition? Go ahead. Here's, a, here's a name that would have been maybe in the same discussion, the same breath. Had he won a Super Bowl, and well, we all know what happened this famous game. Matt Ryan is a perfect example. Matt Ryan is a guy that what if he wins that Super Bowl? Because right now, his stats career wise, he's gonna hit 60,000 next year. He's got 367 touchdowns. He's gonna be the quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons again. We've already heard that from them. So, and he's got a record of 120 and one versus 102. Plus, he got to that one Super Bowl, he won an MVP that season it's just he didn't win that super bowl that epic collapse we all know what happened but that's the best way to relate this question is the matt ryan line kind of like we always talk about matt ryan is the the, the ultimate middle level quarterback is he above matt ryan no, I thought that was your cousin's line. no no that they used to always say is it matt ryan is the matt ryan line is he better or is he below matt ryan he always felt like matt ryan we always used to watch Colin Coward about that, and he used to always talk about that. But that's how I relate this question because Matt Ryan was in a similar place, coming off an MVP season, a historical season from an Atlantic Falcons standpoint. And they were just, I don't know, a couple minutes away from just winning a Super Bowl, just if they just do the right thing. Just run the football. Just run the football, and, we're super, and they're Super Bowl champions. But that's how I can relate this question. If if Matt Ryan wins that Super Bowl, is he a Hall of Famer with his stats? Matt Ryan got better stats record-wise, touchdowns, than Matt Ryan. I would so, say yes. So is say Matt yes. Ryan a Hall of Famer if he wins a Super Bowl? That's a question still for debate because he didn't win a Super Bowl. I don't know if he's going to be a Hall of Famer. But with a Super Bowl win, it would be a significant push into that discussion for Matthew Stafford. But I'm all in agreement with you too, fine gentlemen. I'm going false as well with a win. Matthew Stafford would not become a Hall of Famer because I need the consistency. It comes down to consistency and, oh, no, we lost Joe. We need connection. We'll get him back. 
Joe, if you come back, we need – that's what it comes down to for me. And I was looking at some what other peers like Steve Mariucci was saying. I, was, I wanted to see. It's a question that everybody wants to know. Would Matthew Stafford become a Hall of Famer? You know what stinks that Joe just went black? His question is next. So we got to do our best to talk. That seems very hard to do here on Keys to the City. Now, well, all kidding aside, Matthew Stafford, that's what it comes down to for me. It gives a significant push if he wins on Sunday because anytime you win a Super Bowl, you're in that discussion now. And if he doesn't, then you're just back at the same old, well, you're a good enough quarterback, but you're not a great enough quarterback to win a Super Bowl, and you're out of the discussion. You'll you'll be that Phillip Rivers. But for me, it's got to be the consistency. An amazing season this year, 40-plus touchdowns. I know he had 17 picks, but he was unbelievable. He was the orchestrator of the two greatest receiving seasons in the history of the NFL and the continuation of the greatest receiving season in NFL history in Cooper Cup. But I just need to see more. He's well, been in the league since He's got all the talent in the world, one of the strongest arms in the game. He does everything well. He just needs to win more. And if he can win a Super Bowl, he's got a huge, significant push to get making that strong case. Well, we know when we talk Hall of Fames, we always seem to go back to rings and Super Bowls and all that other I stuff. I think that's what it always comes down. It's kind of like the Jordan-LeBron debate because everybody well, – not, not even Jordan-LeBron, but even like if you're – I think that's the – well, I Trav, think that's the – Trev, I want to say well, Jordan-LeBron. I'd say like Clyde Drexler, a guy who had phenomenal stats, didn't win a championship. You know, Charles Barkley didn't win a championship. They couldn't get over the Jordan. Now, that's different because of basketball and individuals can really take over a game. And football is such a team game. But, mm -hmm. you know, you talk about these players nowadays. You talk about these quarterbacks. There's so many great quarterbacks. You know, we were talking about the Joe Burrow thing. You know, like, what would Joe Burrow – what would it mean for Joe Burrow and the Bengals if they win a Super Bowl? And I'm like, ah, if they don't win, it could have a great effect. And, and I was like, because the Ravens will be better. And Josh, and you're like, Ted, Lamar's yeah. still got to get to an NFC Championship game. So that's why the importance of getting a Super Bowl, winning a Super Bowl, you know, Aaron Rodgers, been to, what, five NFC Championship games? So he only got one Super Bowl win, though. He went to one Super Bowl and he won it. So yep. to be able to get there, you know, there's no guarantee. Like you said, and we talked about maybe the all-in approach with my previous show, I mean, previous question is, well, if the Rams don't win and Matthew Stafford, you know, whatever happens if the Rams don't win, it has nothing. To, but can the Rams get there again? What's going to happen with this team next year? Von Miller could be gone. You know what I mean? Where does Beckham go? I mean, you still think this team is going to be competitive and, and a Super Bowl contender, but every year we know teams drastically change in the NFL. So, yeah. you know, to be able to win it now – and it, here's the other thing. You think about the storyline for the NFL the past two seasons. Now you take the greatest quarterback of all time. You take him out of New England. You bring him down to sunny side Tampa. Mm -hmm. He takes a team during one of the craziest times in it seems like ever it's with COVID. COVID, was, you know, no fans, all the other stuff. He leads for the first ever the home team to the Super Bowl, and they win the Super Bowl. Imagine that Matthew Stafford gets traded the next year, gets traded from the poorly Detroit Lions to the L.A. Rams to lead the L.A. Rams to the their, <laughs> to the home stadium to win a Super Bowl. I mean, it's never been done before, and then it's going to happen back-to-back -back years? It's it's incredible, the storylines, how football continues 
to give us the best movie. Maybe even a more, maybe even ever. more of a it's, question. It's incredible the year. I mean, you think about, you said you started the show. To think about that the Bengals and the LA Rams are in the Super Bowl. Now, the LA Rams, a lot of people probably picked them. The Bengals, no one probably even had them winning their division. Might as well win in the Super Bowl. So it's an incredible feat. And I, I think for both quarterbacks, but especially Matthew Stafford, because Joe Burrow still has so much time left in his career, to win the Super Bowl now, knowing, I think it could. Steve Young, another guy, the monkey on the back, right? Steve Young. Is Steve Young a Hall of Famer if he doesn't win that Super Bowl? Remember they talked about it. You always talk about the monkey on the back. Yeah, you know, the, yeah. <clears throat> right? Stafford, if he wins now, it could it could it could even make Matthew Stafford even better than he ever is. Because the confidence that he could gain and, and what he would gain just naturally from winning a Super Bowl. Could uplift him in the L.A. Rams. Let me, let me get your take on this quick. And they were talking about it on uh, Speak for Yourself yesterday. I was watching. It was an interesting question. Is this – if the Rams don't win, and we'll, we'll we'll wait until Joe hopefully comes back having some technical difficulties. Hopefully we get him back for his question. But let me ask you, the Rams don't win the Super Bowl. Maybe we could wait for Friday for this question, but I'll bring it up again. If the Rams don't win the Super Bowl, was it a success for the Rams? Or is it anything less than a Super Bowl victory, a title, was a failure? And Wiley and Marcellus Wiley said, oh, I'll say Acho. Acho said that it, it was a success, but Wiley said it wasn't. I'm 100% in on what Wiley said. I think that it's it's Super Bowl or bust for this well, team. He, I, I, like last year with Tampa. I felt like last year was Super Bowl bust for Tampa too. I don't think it's Super Bowl or bust, but as a competitive nature, anytime you don't win a, anytime you don't win a championship – it's a it's a it's a bust, right? Because as a competitor, you're you want to win. Mm-hmm. There's nothing worse than being number one. There's no. I think what's the Ricky Bobby? You're either first or last, right? So, oh, like, and if that if I am trying on that. No, court, you're right on that. I can't believe you just quoted freaking Will Ferrell. But that, that's what I say. Now let's can we get Joe on? Is Joe able to? Is Joe, back? oh Joe, Joe's using his. Oh, he's okay. He's he's not yet. He's not okay, ready. Yet. We, we can we'll be right back, Joe. <laughs> Oh, he's coming back. Wait. That's okay. Hey. Whoa. Whoa. Look at the color. The uh, the lighting looks That's okay. Different. It doesn't matter. So we'll save that question for Friday. But I will right. say this, though. If right. you're not first, you're last. Yeah. So, Joe, the question was before. We're kind of just waiting for your technical difficulties to come back. But the question was, and we could probably even talk about this on Friday, was if it was a failure if the Rams didn't win a Super Bowl. But we'll hold off since you are back. We can get into your question, but this is a Super Bowl that has many, uh, many key matchups, and more importantly, some fantastic matchups. If Eli lost both Super Bowls, no, absolutely not. If, if, no, 100% Sander, no. If he doesn't win those Super Bowls, the reason why Eli's in the discussion and has a strong and, – and he's going to get into the Hall of Fame, no matter what people want to say and, and about Eli Manning. Eli Manning's going to get into the Super Bowl. He's got the stats to back it up. He already made the Super Bowl. He's going to get it back. In the oh, he's going to yeah, he's going to make the Hall of Fame without question. He's got Jim Plunkett should also be in the Hall of Fame, and yeah. I hope that they'll write that wrong in the future as well. we'll see. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, Joe. Well, like I was saying, this this Super Bowl has fantastic matchups all over the field. Key matchups that we're going to talk about on Friday too. But Joe has a question for us. That well, is it true, Joe? Take it away. All right, I'm going to set this up by saying and asking this question first. 
in the Bengals' six losses this year, who was their leading receiver? Answer, T. Higgins. Every game they have lost, T. Higgins had more catches in the game. Wait a minute. Plain and simple. I think he had, what about in the AFC title game? No, I'm talking. They didn't lose the AFC title game. I know, but did he? I think he was the leading receiver. I think Chase had six receptions for 54 yards. And do, do, doesn't matter. Hey, the point get, is, that's the formula for beating this team. Yeah. Well, they did, he did and, have and 12 for 194 against the Ravens. It's been tried. Listen, it's been tried and true all season. If you can stop him, this team will lose. And if if he goes off, you're in some trouble. And if T Higgins. And and Jamar Chase play well. You're done, though. But I, I do. Is is Jamar Chase and Jalen Ramsey the most important matchup in Super Bowl Fifty Six? To take it away. No, I don't because I've watched this team win games without Jamar Chase being their best receiver. I I'm going to use something that I hated as a high school kid, but sometimes you can use your best player as a decoy. Now he still has to stand out and he still has to be important in the most critical situations. Joe, I'm going to reference our old baseball talk. Your best player has got to be the best player in the most key moments, right? Third down conversions, you know. But if you look at it, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd are the guys that he goes to on third down. Jamar Chase is the big play threat guy. He's the home run guy. But the guy that matters to him are the third down conversions. He went to Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins multiple times in the, against the Chiefs. And you remember that Chiefs game? He had to. They were second and nine, second and nine, second and nine, second and eight. Like every single drive, it felt like. I don't want to give away what I was thinking about, but I'll give you the reason why I'm going to say false to this question. I would have said true if this was, if they were like the Packers, like if Chase was Devontae Adams, I would say absolutely. He's got to dominate. But because of what Joe Burrow has, for a complimentary trio of receivers with his tight end coming back and is going to play. I don't think he has to be the biggest factor. I think the big, for me personally, the biggest player I think importance for the Bengals is Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon has to be dominant. He's got to be able to touch the ball. He's 20 to 25 times a game. And you're like, why he's got to run the ball and they got to run the ball successfully. And he's got to run with, with some tenacity because if you're not running the football against this Rams team, who actually has only given up 65 yards per game so far in this postseason, which is number one in the postseason, you're going to allow those four guys and the Rams guys like Aaron Donald and Floyd and Gaines and Von Miller to pretend they're on the racetrack running a hundred meter dash after your quarterback, like the dogs chasing the rabbit around the track. That's what it's going to look like if you're not able to run the ball with Joe Mixon. And if you look at it, when the Bengals are really good, Joe Mixon is a huge factor in their games, either running or passing. Joe Mixon has really not been the standout guy so far in this postseason. But if they're going to win this game, for me, Joe, personally, it's Joe It's Joe Mixon. I love the matchup, though. I think this is a significant How could matchup. you not? If you're a football fan, how could you not be excited? You have, a top, you have a possible top five receiver in the NFL right now versus the best corner in football going head-to-head. What more could you ask for? So that's why I don't think it's the most important matchup because of the key components that Joe Burrow does have, the trust he has in the other, excuse me, in the other players. But I think 
when this game, when you look up at this game, Joe Mixon has one of those games where he doesn't run the football officially and they only run the ball for like 45 yards and he doesn't touch the ball in the passing game, which he has great hands. I think the Bengals have no shot. This Joe. Because this game could turn into the Giants' Super Bowl against the Patriots in the sense that, remember, Tom Brady was just getting crushed every single play. You let those four guys tee off and just come after Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. He's he, he's gonna have no chance, and it won't even matter about Chase and Ramsey. So, go I'm, ahead, Ted, I'm I'm also in all three of these questions. I'm also I'm going false. I'm staying consistency. I'm gonna give you one better. I'm not even gonna give you players. I'm gonna give you a coaching. It's Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan, offensive coordinator, versus the defensive coordinator Raheem Morris. Why do I say that? Because everybody wants to be talking about. This O line D line matchup. How are the how are the Bengals going to keep Joe Mix or Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow from getting killed on Super Bowl Fifty Six? The Bengals are going to have to throw the ball a lot of quick screens. They're going to have to get the ball to their playmakers: Samadre P. Ryan, um, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, C.J. Uzma. He is not supposed to miss this game. He is not. He has said he's not going to miss the biggest game of his life. So he's going to play too. They got to get the ball out quick. They got to keep Joe Burrow up and not on his ass. They got to keep him healthy and right to give him a chance to win this game. And I know how Raheem Morris with this defensive line, Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, they have one of the most stout defensive lines in the game. It comes down to me. This is the most fascinating matchup in the standpoint of, like I just said, you have a top five receiver in Jamar Chase who's really taken the league by storm. And if I want to say the impact that he's had for Joe Burrow in his career, well, here it is. Joe Burrow throwing slant and go routes in 2020, 7.1 yards per average. Joe Burrow throwing slants and go routes in 2021, how about a nice 17.1 yards per average? So, yes, the addition of Jamar Chase has been – I know we, we talk about the emergence and um, of the – a fascinating play by Joe Burrow, but Jamar Chase has to give a huge credit to what he's brought to this offense. Yes, they had T. Higgins last year. Yes, they had Tyler Boyd, but you brought a home run threat. Now, all the guys are home run threats, Boyd, Mixon, and then Higgins as well. But th- it, you see what he has done for Joe Burrow. And like I even said in the beginning of the season, why I think they may be the best duo receiver quarterback in the NFL the past two years because of the connection and just – it just make it look so well, easy. Can I say something though? That's my hold on. My that's why Joe. I love the question. It is a fascinating, fascinating matchup because you're getting the best cornerback in football. Two physical players too. Jalen Ramsey. He's not afraid to take the hit. He's not afraid to go, go make a big hit. Jamar Chase is a physical receiver too. Yes, he's a home run threat, but he's a physical receiver. But for me, it's the offensive coordinator Brian Callahan and and Zach Taylor versus the defensive coordinator, Raheem Morris of the Rams, because how are you going to keep Joe Burrow healthy and get the ball to your playmakers as fast as you can, knowing that you do have a weakness in that offensive line and the strength of the L.A. Rams is the defensive line. So they have to get get the ball out quick, Joe. You want a prop bet for this game? Take Joe Mixon under 55 yards. Total yards or rushing yards? Rushing yards. Because, listen, you know, looking, and you made a good point, Teddy, and I and I looked it up, and both teams, 50 and 51 yards. You know, talking about the 49ers is, is, is a running football team. 
you can't run against this team. So you you were you're right uh, to a certain extent, Trevor. They're going to have to get creative. Yes, and they're not going to. Uh, they they just can't drop and and allow these four guys to come bomb rushing because it'll be it'll be a repeat of the Raiders game. Uh, can I so, say one other thing though? Joe, I, love the, I love the question yes. and I love the matchup. I was just trying to hurry up and type this in while you guys were talking. The Super Bowl game is like on un- unlike any other football game. And I, what I mean by that is I know it's still football. It's a national football. holiday, baby. Stop with the national holiday stuff. It's a national yeah, holiday. Yeah, well, if you do that with my coworkers, they think you shouldn't be able to take the Super Bowl ever off because it's a national. I go, well, well where do I get my overtime pay then? So they, what they I'm saying is the Super Bowl always brings out a sleeper. Every Super Bowl that oh, you yeah. watch, there's always a sleeper. The studs, as much as they are, never live up to the billing. Now, some do. But what I mean by that is you guys get like Deion Branch. You got to get like David Patton. You get a guy like David Tyree. You get guys that you don't expect to be the stud. Malcolm Smith, you know. Malcolm Smith was the MVP. Can you believe? Yeah. Yeah. Dexter Jackson, the cornerback from Tampa. You know what I mean? Desmond Howard, Larry Brown. Not every time is it the stud quarterback Mm -hmm. or or the stud receiver that becomes the – and how about this? Malcolm Butler. This, I mean, that's the type you don't know Malcolm Butler, but what happens when you make a play like that? The most crucial situation it was Malcolm Butler. And if before that, I forget who made the catch down the sidelines. What was it, Jermaine Curse? Jermaine Curse. I mean, so when you look at this matchup, it's like it's someone that we're not thinking of. It'll be like Vance Jefferson, who'll have like a huge game for three catches for 120 yards and two touchdowns, and you'll be like. He's the MVP, like Van Jefferson, the third string receiver. You know what I mean? Yeah. That that's what the Super Bowl does. It brings out sometimes the best and the other players that you never expected because so much spotlight is put on these superstars that it's the other guy's opportunity to uplift themselves. Because the Super Bowl always seems to bring out the best of other people, and it always brings up something different. It's like any other game. The craziest stuff happens in the Super Bowl that doesn't happen any time in the regular season, and it's hard to really put it into words. Yep. But so you know, I can, I can put it into words. Phil McConkie and David Tyree. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I like where your magic is at. I like where you're thinking. You're, you know what? You're exactly right. And, you know, you can you can go through the history of the Super Bowl. And, you know, I, I go back to William the Refrigerator Perry scoring a touchdown from the goal line in a game, mind you, that Walter Payton did not did not score in. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a, dude, even as a Giants fan, that hurt me in the game. I thought you're not gonna have Walter Payton like jump over the top here, really. Um, but that yeah, is what the Super Bowl is. Hate that too. Walter Payton should have scored. That's that, gotta that. give the ball to sweetness, the hate on sweetness. But I'm just saying, I, that, was so like that happened in the Super Bowl, but that would never happen in the regular season game. Walter Payton would have been I mean, in the goal line. I mean, look at Super Bowl 46, Mario Manningham makes a play of the, the entire game. I mean, that's just unsung heroes, players like that. It just happens. And you're right, Ted, 100%. Yeah, we always like to talk about the big stars every year about Super Bowls. Oh, who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? It's always the unsung hero. Last year, Shaq Beer and the defensive line at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, we knew it was going to be impactful, but the way that they impacted that game and 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 distraught Patrick Mahomes throughout that entire game uh, was just incredible. 
That's what happens every Sunday in Super Bowl Sunday. You just have an unknown sometimes that come out of it. I know we always talk about the greatness, the great players, the quarterbacks, the receivers, the running backs, but Ted's right. Sometimes you just have those unknowns that come out of nowhere. Maybe you they know, don't win the MVPs, but they change the game and they yeah, have a yeah. huge role in your, it. Listen, your great players have got to play great on of Sunday. Yes. Absolutely. But the team that's going to win is the team that has the guys that we're talking about that are going to step up. Mm-hmm. The David Tyrees, the the Mario Manninghams, the Bobby Johnsons, the Phil McConkies, the Ron Dixons, just so I cover every single giant Super Bowl <laughs> in this rant. Um, you know, there is, there's always that special moment where that guy that you didn't see anything coming from on a on a fourth and 17 makes a catch and you're like, yeah. oh, come on. So yeah, that that generally ends up being the difference maker, and I suspect uh we'll probably see that here as well. Well, this is part one of Super Bowl week edition Keys to the City show. We'll be back Friday discussing all the key matchups, the X Factors, Super Bowl MVPs, and, of course, who's walking away SoFi Stadium as world champions. Do we get back-to-back or do we get the unsung hero Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bearcats? I call them the Bearcats because who would have known? The Wildcats, the, the Bengals. I call them the Cincinnati Bearcats. What oh a fail. Joe, just shut him down, Joe. Shut, hey, Ted, you have the power now. Can you imagine? You have the you know power what, Joe? to Joe, do it. Like the Super Bowl, I could step in and take over the role and fill up, fill this no. in. No. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to Keys in the City. Yeah. You can follow <laughs> all social media platforms. And ladies and gentlemen, we are presented by <laughs> Clover Request Media. We'll be back Friday. Like I said, I cannot wait. This the unexpected Super Bowl. We'll also talk about the question that we wanted to talk about in today's show. If the Rams don't win, this is one of the main questions. The Rams don't win. Was this a bust of a, of, of a season? It comes down to that. We'll talk about all that this week. I cannot wait. Cincinnati Bengals, LA Rams, Super Bowl week is here. Football fans, let's enjoy it. It's go time, ladies and gentlemen. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation So what you saying, what we saying, prime information Facts, keys to the city, we're locking the statements Streaming every Friday